often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 558. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Up in these... Yeah. <laughs> are you been off? I've already tried to record it a couple of times, but I'm having some issues with my computer. <laughs> Throw me off my game here. Throw me off my game right out of the, right out of the gate. There's a... Uh, I don't know, playing the intro, it kept, it kept fucking up. I don't know, this is a shitty laptop I'm using to play play the intro off of. So, uh, yeah. Again, yeah, I'm your I'm your host, Josh Albrecht. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my trusty sidekick, uh, HM Fox Mulder is down by my feet, and uh, he might decide to bite me at any moment. As, uh, of course, he is a three-legged cat. I'd say. Uh, he might he might chime in. I thought maybe me saying his name, he'd chime in there. Fox. No, 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 he's not gonna he's not gonna voice any kind of support here. Or or uh, any kind of uh dissent. Which I guess is good. <laughs> uh yes. Starting out real well. Um Man, I, I guess the main thing I was going to talk about tonight is uh, just the other day found out the legend that is, or that was, Jerry fucking Springer passed away at uh, the age of 79, I think. I was just looking up shit. You'd think I would have, I believe it was 79. As, uh, yeah, he died on April 27th, which was, as I'm recording this two days ago, it was Thursday, I believe, as, uh, it was, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I watched a fuck ton of Springer back in the day, um, hadn't watched it in a long time. As, uh, I watched it really, most of it I watched when I didn't have cable television. And before, you know, uh, Netflix and all of the uh, streaming television. Yeah, he was 79. Pancreatic cancer is what got him. And being 79, you know. It's a, you know. <laughs> you figure your time's coming before too long when you reach to 79. Because, I mean, what do you have? I mean, maybe you can get another decade at that point or a little bit longer. Some people live to 100, but it's pretty rare, you know. I mean, he could have two decades out of that, which, hell, I guess a decade, hell, a year's a long time. Uh, oh, apparently uh, Springer didn't reveal he had pancreatic cancer. Uh, or at least he didn't reveal it to Steve Wilkos, which is his former uh, bodyguard there at the, uh, or security, not body, bodyguard, but security at the uh, Springer show. And, of course, he would go on to have his own show. Uh, fucking Steve Wilkos, man. He was, he was the no nonsense <laughs> bodyguard. It's like the or damn it, I keep saying bodyguard, but the security guard. Yeah, he was. 
He was the one on their show, the main one. Before, of course. Yeah, getting his own show. Um, anyway, so yeah, I used to watch a lot of Springer back in the day, late at night. You know, uh, in my early days of working, back when I was a teenager and such, like I'd get off, get off work doing dishes, you know, or even when I started cooking. And yeah, like during the day, I'd watch the Food Network, watch some. Uh, I really liked Iron Chef, the uh, Japanese version before they did the American version. Kuisan, kuisan, <laughs> fucking Japanese. Oh, so good, so good. And, uh, like, uh, <laughs> Sweet Caroline, you know what I'm saying? So good, so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, at nighttime, I would get off, you know, it was, like, time for some fucking Jerry Springer. Jerry motherfucking Springer. And, uh, you know, it was, <laughs> in the early days, like, there was a, you know, quite a bit of violence, and uh, they would they wouldn't shy away from it. It was like you know that became quite the staple in in Springer. But there was a moment when uh, the censors didn't bother or care as much, and that you could show more of it. And then uh, they got so much flack that eventually they'd have to pan away when the fights started breaking out. <laughs> now I don't know what it was like at the end because it went on to 2018, and. Uh, but I mean, the the topics, you know, got a bit repetitive after a while. But I know that definitely, like late '90s, early 2000s ish, I was watching a lot of Springer, <laughs> a lot of it, and uh, <clears throat> even like uh, there was early bait baiting material for me in in Springer because like around the time I was 18. And I could start to buy, you know, I could officially buy porn. This was before Pornhub, I should should note. I'm fucking old. Um, <laughs> pre-streaming porn days. So, you know, if you had Skinamax, you could get some softcore porn on there. Or, uh, you know, for me, it was even really before, like, Adam and Eve and stuff had really cropped up to where you could just order online like DVDs and have them shipped to your house. That was like a, like when I was 18, that was like still like a couple years off. Like it hadn't become quite a thing just yet. I think maybe it was in the early stages. Um, but <laughs> Jerry Springer, of course, was big at that time. And uh, they had the Too Hot for TV <laughs> VHS, which I feel like. I probably picked that up at Crestwood Mall. I want to say I bought that at a mall. It was I want to say it was like Crestwood Mall, maybe at like Suncoast Video or whatever the fuck. Or hell, I don't know. They might have had it at Spencer's or something. <laughs> I want to say I bought it at a mall. <laughs> and uh, the Too Hot for TV, I think they had like uh, infomercials where you could just buy that shit over the phone, call and order the tape. Um... I uh, <laughs> I didn't do that though. I'm I'm pretty certain it was a mall buy, and uh, it, there was like a there was nudity in there because the show you know you'd ha they'd have strippers and stuff on all the time. There's people cheating all the time, and there was uh, a lot of times women showing that their goods. Um, I don't I don't remember if there's any male nudity, um, 
but let's face it, this this show was catered towards the male audience. The uh, it was very uh, misogynistic, I guess. Uh, stuff. It was usually some scumbag guys, a lot of scumbag guys that uh, would would appear on the show that were fucking around. I guess women would fuck around too, but uh, I mean, I feel like their their core demographic were uh, <laughs> younger males that were into uh, uh, nudity and uh, you know uh, and violence. And I feel like that's more of a a young male thing. Uh, anyway, I'm sure plenty of women enjoy the good violence, the bit of the ultra violence. Um, getting a chair smashed over your head. Uh, but there was a lot of good storylines, you know, uh, to the old the old Springer. And uh, yeah, when I got that too hot for TV. Yeah, there was no. I mean, you got the storylines were like better in the show. But yeah, it had nudity in there, and uh, there was like two women that I thought were attractive uh, at that time, and that uh, it was of course VHS, so you had to like leave it at that part and then rewind it. <laughs> uh, I think there was, maybe there was only one. I feel like maybe there's only one because most of the nudity is like, yeah, I didn't really need to see that, uh, and the violence wasn't like it's not like someone was murdered on there, you know. It was like there was some chairs being smashed, and uh, it wasn't like a boxing match or anything. It wasn't like good violence, <laughs> or at least uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like UFC, you know. It was usually like a couple punches thrown, and like uh, it seemed, you know, fake. <laughs> Shall we say? It was a lot like watching wrestling. And uh, as, you know, when I was a child, I watched a lot of uh, WWF because back then it was pre uh, the time that the World Wildlife Foundation sued the World Wrestling Foundation (laughs) for using its name. Um, Apparently there can't be two companies with the same acronym. Uh, Anywho. (laughs) Yeah. Shelly, we both... Shelly and I will both watch a lot of a lot of the Springer, and uh, my favorites had to be when like the Clan would show up. You know, you'd always have the same like bullshit, you know, daytime like talk show type shit with uh, a lot of the storylines, like oh, the, I'm not the father of this child. Sure enough, you are, or you know, you, the guy thinks he's his father, the father of the child, and then really it, it's a toss-up between like five different guys, and they got to do the paternity test. That was a common thing on Maury and like all the the shows of that time. I think Ricky Lake probably did that, and uh, then, uh, but the the clan were, were the, like the best ep- episodes, like having like the ultra racists on there which i feel like this like uh <laughs> kind of helped lead me to think that you know maybe you know the clan and white supremacy idea is kind of dead even though i was you know i've read a lot into history i know a lot about history and know that you know history does repeat itself it goes through cycles and uh hates something that just never seems to go away um <clears throat> It creeps back up just when you think, just when you think it's safe. Um, but I feel like Jerry Springer really <laughs> made like the clan 
look like such a fucking joke. Uh, which I guess now it it still kind of is, but I mean, there's been so many hate groups that have spawned up in like in these last few years since I don't know 2016 or so that uh, the hate's gone through the roof. And really, I guess 9/11 is where you know I mean that changed the course, at least in the United States. Uh, you know, there was so much hate for uh, anyone Muslim or or brown. Not that, you know, that was always a thing. But <laughs> anyway, it's come back around again. But when I watch Springer, you know, <laughs> they bring on the hate groups and these people just seem so comedic. And the clan, when you break it down, like the... <laughs> The leaders of the clan are like the Grand Wizard and shit. I mean, already the names, like, and they're wearing like this shitty fucking like cone on their head. Like, you're fucking. You look like a shitty cosplayer to. <laughs> dressed up as a ghost. I'm not sure what you're going for. And you're calling yourself a Grand Wizard and Grand Dragon. And, uh, it's like really shitty cosplay. And, uh,. I the I enjoyed the clan ones on there though. Like uh I wish I remembered it better. I was trying to find some clips of it as the last few days watching some old Springer shit. Um I uh <laughs> I I remember there being one where it was like a grand dragon or grand wizard, whatever the fuck. Whatever joke a clan's member was on. And uh <laughs> They brought Jerry like a noose, and it might have had like a dead rat in it, but it was probably it was probably just a noose. They gave him a noose. <laughs> and there's just something funny to call it Jerry. Jerry, you fucking Jew, <laughs> damn you, Jew, Jerry, you Jew bastard, and just like going off like that with this horrible accent that just made the the guy sound so so dumb. But Jerry, you know, being Jerry, I mean, quite the uh, impressive host. Never, you know. <laughs> was so good at just keeping the show going and uh he was uh like there was there was several clan episodes I found some of them uh earlier and uh the other day but man there was like this one feller that uh was like 68 or something like that and he's talking under the black and talking about how he was uh eight or nine, like forced to hang this dude as being a part of a clan member. And uh and he's just like talking about how, you know, he you need to hang more people and such. And uh but at the same time the guy's like just got this voice and everything that's just so comedic. <laughs> And it's like, oh yeah, this is why I, I, uh, I mean, not to blame it on Jerry Springer, but, um, <clears throat> maybe because I never, you know, bought into hate. Like it was easy for me to, and the people that I usually hung around with were not fucking racists and stuff. And then uh, I guess I saw more of that after nine eleven. It was like people at uh, friends and family and such to see that sprout like a, like a horrid horrid weed just popping up everywhere and uh <laughs> but <laughs> maybe not quite all Springer's fault but man that definitely 
made all that stuff seem like a joke. And there was, you know, the fact that Springer was a uh, scripted show, really. I mean, the the producers, they bring in real people. But, you know, they'd force people to, like, fight and, like, uh, cajole them. And, I mean, (laughs) when you bring a guest out and you're already pulling out the chairs, (laughs) and, like, they might as well have, like, handed them a knife. And, uh, like, there's that scene, if you've ever seen the Hellraiser sequel, the first sequel, Hellraiser 2, Hellbound Hellraiser, I believe is the name of that one, which I think goes even darker than the original. Anyway, in that, there's that scene where uh, there's that guy that's trying to uh, open up the box, and, like, uh, I think he's trying to actually bring out one of the Cenobites and stuff. I'm not sure what his goal is, but he wants to... (laughs) He wants the powers out of this box and stuff. He's interested in this. He's He's got that mattress with all the blood that brings back uh, Julia, I think is her name, that, that died on the mattress. And uh, he, he gives the crazy guy the fucking knife, and he's, like, cutting himself all up <laughs> on the mattress. That's what I kind of feel like the producers were at the, the Springer show. I mean, they might as well handed, like, these nut, nut jobs... I just wanted to be on TV, like, uh, you know, a gun, a knife, whatever. <laughs> Here you go. But I enjoyed it. I lapped that shit up. I, I watched it a lot. And uh, <laughs> uh, as, uh, yeah, I, I, do have a, I do have an article pulled up on BBC here. And uh, I, it should note, I should note that, uh, of course, Springer before making it big on, uh, the talk show circuit had a brief stint in uh, politics. He tried to run for like governor of Ohio a few, at least once. I know he was mayor of Cincinnati for like a year. And I believe he wrestled a bear while being mayor. <laughs> Fun fact. And uh, But uh, here's some crazy shit. Uh, according to the BBC, which uh, it should be noted, he was uh, born in uh, England. His his parents, I believe, escaped the Holocaust. And uh, I believe he was born under the... uh, in the underground uh, subway there, the London Underground. If I I recall correctly, his family was trying to, you know, survive the bombing of London and... uh, or whatever city it was. (laughs) But uh, I believe it was London. And, uh, yeah, so he's British. So BBC, bring it uh, back back around again. As uh, He let, well, I mean, he's as American as it gets. Let's get real. He left uh, England at the age of, like, four or something like that. Um, but, uh, this is, uh, according to the BBC, It's they got an uh, article by Sam Cabral as a, uh, says, nobody embraced trash TV quite like Jerry Springer, the man who referred to himself on Twitter as talk show host, ringmaster of civilization's end. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Mr. Springer, who passed away at the age of 79 Thursday, was a longtime host of his namesake daytime program, The Jerry Springer Show. Expletives, fists, and chairs were flung across the show set over 27 seasons between 91 and 2018. In the process, it became equal parts readings juggernaut and cultural reject. 
Here are some of the most shocking moments from arguably the most controversial and boundary-pushing talk show in history. Fun fact before we get into this. There was actually uh, even crazier, like, uh, talk show host that uh, died a long time ago. Morton Downey Jr., like, he had some crazy fucking shows. He was, like, in your face. He was always smoking cigarettes. (laughs) And just kind of a nut job. And uh, a little bit different take take than than Springer like Springer was like like the straight man and just would let the violence ensue and like had like the voice of reason he'd give the final thought in the end you know wrap it up nicely and uh Warren Downey Jr. was like in your face (laughs) and he really like like the violence and shit anyway on onto onto the uh, craziest like Springer moments according to the BBC the man who married a horse and they now banned 1998 episode. Mr. Springer interviewed three people in what they called interspecies relationships, which I'm pretty sure I watched this. I'm pretty sure this was in my hardcore Springer watching days where it was like, you know, a daily occurrence. <laughs> I think I kind of vaguely remember this. Um, the most memorable of the trio is perhaps a Missouri man named Mark. Yeah. Thanks for representing our state proudly, Mark. Um, he claimed to a uh, who claimed he had married a pony named Pixel. Uh, he insisted his equine entanglement was consensual, kissing her on the mouth and saying through tears, if she didn't like it, she could always leave. <laughs> Mark declared that he had been on a 40-year crusade to be accepted for having sex with animals. If the blatant zoophilia was not weird enough... He also disclosed that he was slowly dying from hepatitis as a result of the sex. Please tell me that was true. Oh, uh, uh, that's that's when you know that uh, that's that's a winner. That's that's a great episode, man. If if I could get that on on the show, oh man, that is that is too good. That is too good. That uh, I'm dying out of my love. Uh, let's see if I can find I, it says it was banned so I don't know if I'll be able to find a clip of this on YouTube but I'm trying there's uh oh he's just te- telling to recall damn it I want the I want a clip of it <laughs> there's 12 minutes um see here i think i can i think i can oh no it's not it's not it's people talking about it god damn it the man who married his horse reunion special uh no that's also not well let's just hear jerry's recollection on it because here's one of jerry talking about it's a on the meredith vieira show (sighs) apparently that's hard to find the real clip of that there's a Best Jerry Springer ever. It can't be the one about the horse, can it? I mean, there was. So, I mean, you're talking about decades worth of material. It is, here we go. The guy who married the horse, because as great as your shows are, I like the titles just as much. So I'm going to read you a few of the titles from oh, your shows, okay. some shows you've done, and I want you to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. All right? Okay. But I need a little music. Want to set the yes. mood? Oh. 
first one happens to be, it's a real title from one of your shows, I Married a Horse. Well, th this actually happened. <laughs> I'm not allowed to know what the show's about. So they hand me a card like yours, which I carry, but all my card has on it are the names of the guests. I I'm didn't know that. I never knew oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then I'm supposed to ask questions that you would ask sitting at home watching and then make jokes. Okay. But I never know what the subject is. So on this particular show, we got this guy, Bob, sitting there. I'll say Bob. I don't yeah. remember what his name was. Bob, what's going on? That's always my first question. And he says, uh, well, I'm having trouble with the neighbors. What's the problem? Well, they don't like my wife. What's wrong with your wife? Uh, <laughs> no, you know, I don't know. She doesn't make any noise. She doesn't talk to anyone. So this is going nowhere. So I, I figure, oh, this is boring. I look at the next name on the list, and it says Pixel. Well, let's bring out Pixel. <laughs> and out comes this horse. <laughs> now, but, <laughs> Do you, are you putting it together at this point? No. <laughs> I'm thinking that his wife fell off the horse. <laughs> You know, you don't think, oh, gee, that's his wife. So I'm going, oh, my God, someone checked backstage. And then the producers start yelling me, no, no, that's his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I was hoping for more than that. I was hoping to see the actual... There's a... Watch Mojo as a top ten craziest Springer moments, which it shows. It shows the uh, the horse thing. Maybe I'll click on that here in a second, but I'll, I'll go. I'll finish the BBC here. There's uh, which it looks like it does have a couple of the BBC things written uh, that uh, they mentioned here. The Kung Fu Hillbilly. I don't know that I ever watched this one. Says uh, of all the colorful characters interviewed by Mr. Springer, few stood out as vividly as the self-proclaimed Kung Fu Hillbilly. <laughs> Demon Dave. Diamond. Oh, Diamond Dave? D-I-E-M-O-N Dave. I'm guessing that's Diamond. Kind of like Diamond Dave. Anyway, um, Dave was having a problem with his roommate Lil Wayne. <laughs> no relation to the award-winning rapper and was itching for a fight so bad he told the show's security not to interfere. Having gorged on Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies on the VCR in his trailer, he said he had studied the martial art and practiced, practiced it in the mirror. If he comes out here acting a fool, I'm going to kung fu him, he told the crowd through an extremely thick southern draw. Oh, we're going to pull that clip up. Son of a bitch. I know that one's on YouTube. Uh, when his nemesis came out, the shirts came off quickly and they came to blows, but it quickly became clear that Dave was no Bruce Lee. That's right, he was fucking Kung Fu Hillbilly, motherfucker. Uh, here's one. This one's... The, the horse one, like, I, I vaguely remember this, and there's they talk about the clan here, but the, the other ones I'm not... I'm not ringing a bell. Um, this one's, I'm happy I cut off my legs. <laughs> the bizarre tale of the on the show's 16th season. Okay, I was, probably wasn't watching it so, so much anymore at this point. A guest named Sandra told Mr. Springer she had cut off her own legs with a saw about six years ago. Um, I wonder if she was trying out for the movie saw. Anyway, uh, the then 48-year-old transgender wheelchair user said she had decided at age 14 that she did not want her legs anymore. My brain just kept saying, get rid of them. So I had to get rid of them. She explained, adding that she had previously tried to self-infect so doctors would have to amputate the legs. 
She was later confronted on the show by Kenny, a man born without legs, who lambasted her for her ungratefulness. Mr. Springer faced repeated criticism that he was exploiting vulnerable trans people on his shows. He defended himself as somebody who gave transgender Americans more exposure than anywhere else in the entertainment landscape at the time. Yeah, you, you're not kidding there. I mean, they were all over there, but it wasn't like a positive thing. It was like, you slept with a tranny, and they were always like, you can't tell a man. I watched a clip the other night where there was like a three, uh, you know, a guy fucking around on his girlfriend, and he didn't realize it was a, a transsexual, and uh, he was getting dogged. Because, like, you couldn't tell he had a dick. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> not exactly the most positive light. Anyway. On uh, transgenders. Uh, dominatrix duo in the family. Every fetish imaginable may have made it on screen over the show's three-decade run. 2012's Outrageous Guilty Pre- Pleasures episode. A mother and daughter shared the stage with Mr. Springer. That's when the podcast started that year. Um, the two were a domi- dominatrix duo. Women who dominate men during sexual activities, often physically. Oh, thanks for that description. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Things got weirder when the duo brought their sex slave out on stage. Then as Jerry Spr- the Jerry Springer show so often did, the man's wife also made her way onto set to berate and kink shame him. <laughs> And there was probably a fight that ensued. It doesn't mention that, but uh, here's a, a KKK member and a Jew throw hands. A notorious 1997 episode titled Clanfrontation. I don't know how many nines I'm going to put in there. Anyway, Clanfrontation. So Mr. Springer moderate a conversation on race and religion. His guests, members of the Ku Klux Klan and the Jewish Defense League, that is the JDL, which I love when they, it sounds, the Jewish Defense League, it sounds very Superman-ish. It's like the Justice League, you know, it's like Jewish Defense League. It's, it's great. Anyway, unsurprisingly, there was little overlap between the two groups and one KKK member mockingly revealed a Jewish kippah uh, beneath his hood to JDL chairman Irv Rubin. The Fox debate quickly uh, erupted into an all-out brawl with both Mr. Springer's security and members of the crowd also getting involved. That's when you know it's a good one. Uh, It's one of a handful of times the show probed, albeit without much tact, uncomfortable topics like white supremacy and racism. uh, Those were the best. Those were the best, having like just this uber-racist that were extremely backwoods. Here's Watch Mojo's. Let's see what their take is. When you buy music gear from Sweetwater. And that's an ad for Sweetwater. <laughs> I should have waited to pop that up. Here we go. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our latest videos. For this list, we're taking a look at the craziest, the funniest, and weirdest moments Cut ever occur on The Jerry Springer Show. He couldn't stay still for that, by the way. Yeah, so well. <laughs> this is just wonderful. Would you like to try it? No. Number 10, Kung Fu Hillbilly. Who could forget David, the self-proclaimed Kung Fu Hillbilly? Yeah. He ain't got to leave the trailer. He can stay there. But now if they're going to be done, it, he won't have to give me my money. He came on the show because he was having a problem with his roommate, Lil Wayne, not to be mistaken for the Lil Grammy-winning rapper of the same name. David mastered the art of Kung Fu by watching countless Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies on his VCR. In fact, my mirror. 
I've practiced it and I've studied it a great deal and I've got this down pat. Now he comes out here acting a fool, I'm gonna kung fu him. And all you big boys just stay back and let me do my thing. In fact, David was so confident in his fighting abilities that he told security not to interrupt him while he's doing his thing. When Lil Wayne comes out, it doesn't take long before the two men are shirtless and throwing punches. <laughs> guys got well, no one on of them well. was throwing punches. David was obviously sticking to the karate chop. Number 9. Cheating with a Stripper If there's one thing the Jerry Springer show is synonymous with, it is revelations about infidelity, like when this guy informed his girlfriend that he's been sleeping with a stripper. Love you and I would never do nothing intentional hurt you, but I have been sleeping with a stripper. Sure, he claims it was purely physical, but his girlfriend doesn't want to split hairs and starts smacking him in the head. I'm paying her. She's you not pay? paying. She's mad. You what? She's just a hoe. Things go from bad to worse when the, the local stripper economy enters here. a fray and a fight breaks out between the two women. With the crowd chanting, the stripper flashes her breasts and starts dancing on a pole. Meanwhile, the girlfriend is backstage throwing up. With the stripper refusing to be quiet, Springer has her escorted off stage. Why was there a stripper pole on set anyway? Why? Hey, please this be right quiet. Saturday. It looks good it. on you. Stop it. I'm going to ask you really to say Take her off the stage. You know why? Because it's from your Take name, Take her off honey. the stage. You're out. Number 8. The KKK Incites a Brawl What do you get when you invite members of the Jewish Defense League and the Ku Klux Klan onto the same stage? He's the founder of the JDL, the Jewish Defense League, a very controversial organization. Here is Irv Rubin and his bodyguards, Al and Joseph. Mayhem, that's I what. Mean, they brought bodyguards. For some reason, the KKK stopped by the Jerry Springer Show to discuss race and religion with the JDL, <laughs> with Springer acting as moderator for some reason. This one actually has some good violence, dude. I mean, there's security guards and throwing chairs. Things quickly spiraled out of control when a KKK member mocked JDL chairman Irv Rubin by revealing a kip-up beneath his hood, triggering an all-out melee between the clan, JDL bodyguards, Springer's security, and even members of the audience. Now that's worth the price of cable. Are the same script that I did? You think I'm afraid of you? No, no. Number 7. Living in a Box Say what you will about the Jerry Springer show, but there's no denying its knack for finding unique personalities. I'm not going anywhere, man! Oh. I'm here because I love you! I'm oh. Take for instance this chap, who decided to shun the societal norm of living in a home to live in a cardboard box. All the man wanted was for his significant other to take him back, which she was having trouble doing, seeing as how he, you know, wanted to live in a box. The best part about this WTF moment is when Boxman threatens Springer, claiming he won't leave the set until Springer convinces his wife to take him back. Yes. I tell you what, if she doesn't come back to me, then um, this... you're <laughs> my, you, I am your problem now. I'm going to sit here on this stage. Hey, at least looks he doesn't like have to worry about being right. Dirty she and says this she'll definitely take me doesn't back, look real. Then I'll go. Otherwise, I'm camping right here. Number six, the dance slash rap slash proposal. This is the Jerry years Springer after Show I saw its watching. fair share of breakups, fights, and proposals over the years. And while it's pretty easy to predict when one is about to occur, this episode had the audience guessing till the very end. It starts with Judah doing a provocative dance for his boyfriend, but quickly devolves into an emotional rap about his desire to take their relationship to the next level. baby boo, you know I love you. I'm just trying to do what real couples do. I just want to get a little naked peekaboo. The whole thing culminates with Judah pulling a ring out of his pants and proposing, much to the crowd's delight and displeasure. 
The boyfriend looks pissed, but surprises everyone by saying yes. It was a rare happy ending for the controversial show. Can't believe you did this for me. (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. Number five, I'm hooking sad, up like, with the stripper no, sister. Like, what is it with cheating, men cheating really. with strippers? In this clip, we meet one of the most dysfunctional families on earth. They were spending a lot of money on me. I went up to the champagne room and I offered him a ride home because he was drunk and it just, it got kind of wild and we ended up having sex. After a drunken night at the strip club, a man went to bed with his girlfriend's sister, I feel sister, like I've watched better. Naturally, this put all three parties at odds with each other, but it gets worse. Apparently, it isn't the first time the stripper has done this to her sister. It's the third. Why the hell would you do this to me again? <laughs> Christina, what do you mean again? And at least I'm, I'm telling you, you right sex now, two I, of my I'm, other boyfriends. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Shockingly, the two women come to blows, with the stripper losing a clump of extension for her trouble. Um, okay. Oh there we go. As the crowd chants some nasties, Springer is left holding the locks in the disbelief, women fights are the best. while the girlfriend wraps up the relationship. Why We're done. We're so done. Number four, lost dentures. I can't believe you're that stupid. To just now figure out that I'm cheating on you? I've been cheating on you for the last four years with hookers. While we'd love to hookers. see this entire entry talking about what a horrible person the man in this episode is, and well, he is, we can't ignore the fact that a woman's dentures literally fell out of her mouth during a fight. Yeah, The woman in question is a hooker Sadly, who's never wa- with went herself to a for providing taping. services to another woman's husband just makes her teeth falling out all the more hilarious. Thankfully, a security guard brings That's her a glass great. of water to deposit the teeth in. Oh, However, shit. he then turns to the crowd and raises the cup like it's the Holy Grail, garnering cheers typically reserved for a last-second touchdown in the Super Bowl. Thank you! Number three, cutting off your own legs. By now, it should be wholly apparent that there are some strange people out there. However, it takes a special kind of strangeness to cut off limbs because your brain told you so. I didn't want them. I just, my brain just kept saying get rid of them, so I had to get rid of them. Springer perfectly prefaces the episode saying, this may be the most bizarre story we've done in our 15-year history. Apparently, Sandra decided to cut it's off both of her legs with a circular real. saw because the voices in her head told her to do so. Looked at the saw and looked at my leg and said, well, it's down or never. Bazaar barely scratches the surface when discussing this guest, who genuinely makes us worried for the future of humanity. Are you finished or are we going to lose other limbs? No, I'm finished. <laughs> what if your brain uh, one morning says, you know what, I'm so tired of this arm. <laughs> I'm an artist, I need my arm. Number two, the guy who cut off his penis. Yeah, how is he going to cut Jerry other Springer stuff may off? have jumped the gun when he referred to the previous episode as the strangest one he'd or ever she. heard. We're going to talk to Earl Z. A man who cut off his own penis. After all, those are just legs and a circular saw, not a penis and garden shears. He did it with a pair of garden shears identical, identical to these. According to Earl, the guy with the shears, he decided to snip his bits just a month before in order to prevent his stalker from being able to touch them. However, the stalker claimed they were once lovers, adding a new angle to the drama. Earl went on to express regret for his actions, as one <laughs> would imagine. Why? He's been stalking me for years, and I I'll just show get you. rid of him, no matter what I've done. It was like the only alternative to get rid of him. Like, if it's not there, 
he don't want me. Before we unveil our top pick, here are a few dishonorable mentions. Oh. Other daughter dominatrix team. Louder, louder. Well, has she seen him recently without a leg? Stolen legs. Well, he don't got this one. If he got a new one, I don't know, but he don't got this one. <laughs> I want to see this one. There you know. I don't know what's going on here. I missed the title on that one. It was, uh, the girl next door. And, uh, yeah. So who was there for you? Just fights. Number one, the guy who married a horse. The first one happens to be, it's a real title from one of your shows, I Married a Horse. Well, the, this actually yes. happened. <laughs> hit the fan when Springer brought out the man's wife, who just so happened to be a horse. Please meet Mark. He's been together with his wife for 10 years and married for the last five. But before we talk to Mark, let's meet his wife. Marrying livestock is at best a mistake and at worst illegal, making this man's arrangement with his horse truly astonishing. Actually, I'm not really a woman. I'm a horse. But listening to Springer describe the episode on the Meredith Vieira show is downright hilarious. Never change, Jerry. Never change. What? No! <laughs> I'm thinking that his wife fell off the horse. Yeah. So that was uh, Watch Mojo, which they're fucking... I don't usually care for their videos. Sometimes I'll have some all right ones. And I feel like they do just as much research as I do for shit with just a quick little Google search. Clearly, like, she's reading the same scripts that I did. I feel let down. I'm, like, I've let everybody down from listening to this. Uh, watching the Watch Mojo shit. Uh, like, I... I wish I remembered more about, like, the Springer show. Like, I feel like it was... I don't know. Like, that, like, uh... I mean, I watched a lot of it. There were definitely a lot of strippers. There were a lot of strippers involved with cheating. A lot of hair extensions getting pulled out. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I remember of uh, the, the, the whole springerness of it all. And just how funny that, you know, they made the clan look. Which kinda wasn't good. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, I don't think many people watch the Springer show. And you know what? I need to sign up for the clan. There's probably a couple. They're like, you know what? That guy, that dude with the damn you, fuck you, Jerry, you Jew, you dirty Jew. Probably listen to that guy. You know what? He's speaking. He's speaking some truth there. And his uh, it is his little fucking silly hood. Called himself a grand dragon, fucking. Looking like the dumbest guy on earth. Uh, but, uh, man. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, what a loss now. What a legend, though, Mr. Springer. I, I love how he'd always wrap it up. Like, I think if he didn't have, like, the final thought in the end, and, you know, it was like, you know, his final thought, you know, about how racism's bad <laughs> and everything. And, uh, yeah, he always had some words of insight to really wrap it all together. 
I think the real monsters behind that show were the uh, producers, the ones that set all that shit up. I mean, like Springer said in that clip of Meredith Vieira, he was uh, unaware of what was really going on. Like they, he was, the idea was for him to be as shocked as say the audience. As uh, <laughs> I guess it's a good way to do it. The producers were the real Sven Galleys, if you will, the ones pulling the strings, orchestrating the magic that was Jerry Springer. And uh, I don't know that we'll ever see quite the goodness like that, you know. If there will ever be a show like as trashy and as widespread as Jerry Springer. I mean, he was definitely the king of trash television. And it would have to be like a YouTube show now. Now here I'm thinking like, ooh, how could I pitch? (laughs) How could I? How could I have a YouTube Springer? Uh, it's almost like Springer. It almost sounds like Rumspringa, like the uh, the yeah, Amish. You know when they uh, get to go out for what is a year or whatever the Rumspringa and like experience the the normal world, decide whether or not they want to stay Amish. That's that should be how <laughs> the trip to Springer, and that could be like the new show. If you want to be like a normal person, but you want to experience what it is to be like complete trash, come to my show. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I couldn't do it though I, I could not be Jerry Although I mean I don't know maybe I could I mean if if I got some good security I mean I don't know what Steve Wilkos is doing these days He's a little old But uh Maybe you could tell me and, you know, I got a few friends that are bigger guys You know now that I do steel work I know some bigger guys Maybe they'd be interested in running some security And uh <laughs> <laughs> just go to I'll just go to some bars, find some bouncers. Some bouncers that have been around a while. You know, they got that thousand yard stare. And uh it'd be like, yeah, we're gonna start a trashy YouTube channel. <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't play today, though, you know? Cause it's like there's like you can't make racism seem like a joke. It's very real threat. <laughs> Way more so now, you know. I mean it just keeps getting worse lately. And uh, making it more of a joke. I don't. I don't know that that really helps. I don't think that's probably the answer. Although you know, if people, I know people don't get like like to get laughed at. You know, if uh, but I feel like that fuels people even more though. A lot of times, like if you make fun of them for being Nazis and being anti-Semitic and just disgusting human beings then they'll just like uh, go more into it and be like yeah fuck you and uh it's a weird thing you know I don't know what the answer is there as uh <clears throat> yeah they're def- definitely uh I wish I looking at this there is a Jerry Springer uh YouTube page but it like I feel like they don't have enough clips on there hopefully once you know some time passes now that he's passed on they'll have more of the uh, outrageous episodes like uh you can watch on youtube like every carson episode there is a johnny carson uh youtube channel if you're uh unaware of this and you can watch like every carson episode which i suggest there's one <laughs> if you just go into youtube and type ed mcmahon drunk 
which I'm sure happened on more than one episode, but there's one very specific, which I might have played on the podcast before, but Ed's real drunk, like real drunk in this one I'm thinking of, and uh, Johnny won't let it go. He's just like, he's just ripping into Ed for being drunk, which understandably, I would imagine Johnny was pretty much Ed's boss, as it was his show, and uh, Ed's supposed to be the sidekick. Here he is, you know, fucking it all up, being all drunk. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> you know, now I got, now I got to pull it up. I got to hear Ed McMahon drunk. And uh, I understand, you know, back back in the day, it uh, was far more common on late night shows for uh, people to show up drunk on there. As nowadays, you know, that's. I'm sure people are far more afraid. I do believe you can get alcohol on the shows still these days, but back in the day, they didn't have to worry about this showing up on on YouTube and everything. And uh, (laughs) the top thing when you search Ed McMahon is Ed McMahon drunk. Yeah, I'm thinking there's some videos Ed McMahon drunk. Uh, Let's see. Is uh, <laughs> here we go. This is uh, another commercial. Great every time, every time. I do miss the YouTube Premium just for that simple fact. That I didn't have to watch a single fucking commercial. Yeah, this is uh, on Johnny's, the Johnny Carson YouTube now, channel. As you know, the San Diego Zoo is one of the finest zoos in the world, and we have had this young lady on the show very often the past. Uh, I guess seven or eight years she's been appearing with about us. About nine years. Hmm? About nine years. Right, yeah. Several plus several will be about nine. You said seven or eight. No, I said... Been... S- no, I didn't say seven or eight. I said several. Then you said seven or eight, and I said oh, did it's I? nine. Yes. Nine, nine. Good, thank you. Yeah. Some of the animals... Some of the animals you had as babies are now ten years old. That would be about right. Just <laughs> clearly not happy. Um, Remember the animals that did something funny on your tie? Yes. Those little lions, the little baby lions, were one year old. That's right. They are now treacherous and ferocious ten-year-old animals. This okay. isn't the one I was thinking of, though. Anyway, Joan, uh, Joan Embry is here tonight. <laughs> and she's now 32. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Joan is an, an animal a handler and a trainer. And uh, you, you really think you're fooling everybody, don't no, you? No, 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 no. Uh, and she I'm also... I'm just here to do my best to help so you. I know that. And she does her three horse shows a day. Did you know that? At the Animal Park. Boy. What? What an exciting idea. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like an army cot or something? Maybe just a... Kind of catch up on a little, no, nap, no, no, little no. nappy poo? Just might no, snap no, you no, right no. out of it. Okay. I love Joan. I'm the only one who went down to see Joan. Doc has never seen her. You've never seen her. I went to the just, wild just, animal it's farm. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. Wait, but you're upsetting it's, me. You're no, upsetting no. Me. I don't upset he you. He looks like he's sweating the bed. I know you it. did. That's all right. Fine. Don't say... What? I don't... I know her. I went down there. Oh, I know you did. I, 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 I know you went down there. And I held a I baby could, gorilla. I couldn't go... Yeah, uh, there's, there was a better one. Um... Yeah, I mean, all the late night shows, 
you know, they'd have they'd have guests come on just fucking trashed. Of course, Ed McMahon apparently would uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, a bunch of other people that are dead now. A lot of lot of good. <laughs> This whole show's been about dead people. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the sixth sense. I'm uh, Haley Joel Osment. I see dead people. On a different note, Sweet Tooth just came out on Netflix, the old Netflix. And uh, the season two there is uh, near the end of the second episode or started in the third and uh, I, I've been waiting for that, that season two to come out. I know that one was based on a comic. I never read the comic or anything. It was DC. And uh, interesting show, if you haven't watched it. It's, uh, of course, uh, there's a universe, basically, where at one point humans start uh, becoming, uh, what is it? hybrid I guess they call them hybrid species where it's like hybrids of humans with other animals deers and such like Gus the main character main protagonist I guess would be Gus is uh, he's like part human part deer and then at the same time these creatures start happening then uh, like island of Dr. Moreau type shit you know when this starts happening also this virus that's killing off a ton of people appears at the same time and people think normal humans think that uh, it's a result of these hybrids and that they are responsible for this uh, shit so you know they go all fucking Nazi like you know and uh, try to take out these hybrids and such and uh, <clears throat> it's a good show though good show um, and uh yeah, I, I'm in this. I was pretty excited for the second season. I know the what I'm really looking forward to past that is, of course, Cinco de Mayo, or I guess maybe it's a uh, on May the Fourth, Star Wars Day. Um, I think I want to say, yeah, Cinco de Mayo. I think is the next Friday. I'm like looking over the calendar. <laughs> Uh, whereas, like, I guess actually Thursday night into Friday, so I guess it would be Cinco de Mayo or the new Guardians of the Galaxy, which is supposed to be the final one. I'm excited for that. I want to actually go see that in the theater. I, I haven't seen a movie in the theater since, oh, I think I went and saw Doctor Strange 2 in the theater, I think. <laughs> I know I saw Thor. Thor and Love and Thunder in the theater. I want to say maybe... Maybe I waited for Doctor Strange. I know I saw Thor. It was probably Thor, the last one I saw in the theater. I know that uh, I uh, definitely saw that one. I probably waited for Doctor Strange 2 to come out on Disney+. Plus. Um, but, man, yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to the Guardians. And, man, this BBC article wants me to click on the downsides of being too attractive. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that because I would like to have some of the upsides of being too attractive. (laughs) 
I I can understand what some of the downsides are. You know, you get stalkerish people, people that you know crave you and want you that you don't want anything to do with. You get the psychos out there stalking you, trying to stick their dick through your mail slot. You know, all kinds of crazy shit and uh, stuff like that. And uh, I guess people you know don't respect you. Like uh, anyway. Back to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Thanks, BBC, for uh, <laughs> diverting my attention yet again. Um, I'm interested to see what it, they end up doing with the Gamora thing, because, of course, they have the uh, Gamora from the trailer. They have uh, Gamora in there, but she's from a different universe where, you know, she didn't fall in love with Star-Lord, you know? That is Peter Quill. And uh, she she seems to hate him, this particular iteration. And, uh, oh, there's people reviewing it already? I want to hear a review. <laughs> Let's see here. Let's just look on what Marvel's website. I don't want any spoilers. I mean, it's not officially out yet, you bastards. Let's see here. The overview. In Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, our beloved band of misfits are looking a bit different these days. Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, must rally his team around him to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own, a mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. Which I do believe this is the final film. I believe they have said that, at least with this cast as uh, the Guardians. You will see other Guardians come out. Um, with that being said, they have uh, uh, Maria, shit, what the hell is her? Bakalova, I believe is her name. She was in Borat too. She's uh, playing Cosmo the dog. As she was so good in uh, Borat too. I am uh, I'm excited to see what... Uh, Hopefully, you know, I don't know, like, she's I mean, she's just playing the dog, so I don't know how much dialogue she's really going to do. It's more of just the dog. It's Hopefully it's not a, like an I am Groot situation. <laughs> I am Cosmo. <laughs> like, God damn it. You know? I don't know how that, that'll be. That'll, that'll play out. I, I wonder who the, uh, I don't know who the antagonist of this movie is. It's, uh see if did I get the uh, name right there well S- Sylvester Sloan's back in it I know he was in like the yeah Bakalova I believe that's how you say her uh, name there um <laughs> I like the name of this character Sarah Allen plays homeless sad rabbit <laughs> that's that's fantastic the name of the character homeless sad rabbit I'm going to be I'm hoping Maria Bakalova has more along the lines of, you know, Rocket's dialogue. I realize probably not as big of a character. Um, but, you know, Bradley Cooper voices that and has way more lines than, say, Vin Diesel <laughs> with the I am Groot. Which he's not even... Thankfully, he's listed... Well, he's kind of near the top here. Never mind. I was going to say... Not very tough. But really, I mean, he's just... <laughs> I want to know, do they make him record 
I am Groot, like every time I am Groot is said, is Vin Diesel recording another line? Is he like sitting there and like, say I am Groot, but say it like you mean this. <laughs> say it like you're angry. I am Groot. I feel like they probably are having him like re-record it for everything, you know? Just do the animation and then just like do, you know, or at least like a rough cut of the animation. And then like... uh just uh have him you know just voice this craziness as uh it's weird seeing the actress that uh plays the girl with the antennas um see at uh Sarah Alami um she uh I'm just so used to seeing her in like the. It, it, she doesn't look the same as a horrible actress without the antennas and stuff. I, I'm thoroughly confused. I would never know that, and it's not like there's that much makeup and stuff on her. It's mainly, she, they just added antennas. But it's weird how that changes your face so much. That like I'm looking at it like, I, my brain can't handle it. It's like this. This makes zero sense. <laughs> this cannot be. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see in some shots, and then I'm really thinking, just like this is just so weird that uh, she's funny as a uh, in there though. Anyway, I I am excited to see that. I'd still like to see that uh, Evil Dead, the Dead Rise, or believe or whatever it's entitled, the new Evil Dead film. I'm probably not going to go see that in the theater at this point, but uh, I really want to go see Guardians in the theater. It's been been too long since I saw a movie in the theater. Probably like a year. <laughs> I mean, if Thor was the last one, then yeah, it was like a fucking year ago or so. Uh, so I'll, I'll have to fucking venture out to see that. And that's something, man, that's something I used to do every week. And uh, now that I have, you know, like this horrible, <laughs> like, guitar habit and such, <laughs> that, like, all my money goes to that. Which I feel like I'm in a place where I can stop buying shit for at least a while. <laughs> Hopefully, like a good year or more. <laughs> Except for maybe, you know, like strings and stuff. Like uh, the cheaper stuff that, uh, you know, eventually, you know, you kind of have to to deal with. Maybe do a setup or two. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to do, do more uh, uh, in the theater. And, and by doing more in the theater, I don't mean like jerking off or anything in the theater. I, I don't have any interest in that. I don't want to pull off a Pee Wee Herman. Paul Rubens, if you will. <clears throat> it's always, you know, he was in an adult theater, though. I'm pretty sure he got in trouble for that. Which, what's the point of adult theater if you're not going to go in there and masturbate? Just saying. I mean, I've never gone to one because I don't want to masturbate in public. <laughs> Sex in public's different. Like, I, you know, I realize you, you're not supposed to do that either. But, uh, like, sex in public, you know, that's exciting. Masturbating in public, like, man, I don't want anybody to see me masturbate. Unless there's, like, mutual masturbation going on. That's just a weird thing, man. Being in a... Going to see a, a movie in the theater, like a porn movie. But I guess, you know, back in the day, before, before Pornhub, you know, like me with my Springer tape... <laughs> There was there was just different things you had to do to get a nut off. 
And uh, one of the ways was just to enjoy that experience with a theater full of people. Of course, I would imagine most adult theaters probably wasn't like a theater full of people. At least I would hope not. Can you imagine there just being like elbow to elbow people in an adult theater? Watching. (laughs) Debbie does Dallas. Uh, Or Deep Throat. Which Deep Throat at the time, man, that like that one. That one was a big. It made was one of the highest grossing porno films of all time. There probably was moments where there was like elbow elbow people in in the theater. I don't know that they were all jerking off. Um, but now I'm curious what the highest grossing porno film ever was. <laughs> I I want to say it was Deep Throat. No, no, no. Let's see here. Highest grossing adult film at the global box office. <sighs> Which is kind of a weird thing. Because you can't... Yeah. It hit... <laughs> Deep Throat, of course. 1972. Uh, Gerard Damiano, the director. Um, filmed in six days. For a total cost of 24 grand. That's a big return on investment. Uh, grossed over a hundred million dollars since its release. That's insane. That's fucking insane. For a porn now, it's you know, it's just like short videos on on Pornhub, and people are finding ways to make money on porn again. Like there is, I watched a good chunk of that Pornhub documentary on Netflix. Uh. uh and uh thankfully you know they they've done better at getting rid of uh porn that was put up that was people underage and uh porn that was you know video of people that uh, were not that did not have any intention of publicizing their videos <laughs> um but there's more creators that uh have found ways to create revenue of doing their own porn on Pornhub. Whereas for a while, the uh, streaming porn thing became just only the people that ran the website made money off of it. There just wasn't any money for it, you know? The people actually doing the work there, you know, getting fucked. The people getting fucked were getting fucked twice. They were getting fucked on film, and then they were getting fucked out of any kind of profits. Um... (sighs) Which it appears things are th- th- looking up there. As uh, now I'm thinking about all the uh, kids like at uh, in high school doing like uh, whenever they have events in high school and there's a kid playing the drums and they do the uh, porn <laughs> theme song. I feel like there's been a lot of kids that have received detention for playing the intro to Pornhub. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> But uh do 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 Oh, this is the highest grossing of all of movies of all time. Um here's the top twenty best selling porn movies of all time. I'm curious as to what the other ones would be. Oh really? Number one uh, now on this it's well it okay, this okay, this is in the theater it would be deep throat. Um <clears throat> Of course, but uh, just the videos 
that's a different situation because I feel like that, you know, that's going to be a late 90s situation. Late 90s, maybe early 2000s before streaming porn was a thing. <laughs> and uh, I feel like they're probably not investing, making big porn movies like they used to. There's probably not any real money in that. Anyway, um, this is, of course, to musicrazor.com. The top 20 best-selling porn movies of all time. If you think you're wild, then don't waste your time watching silly adult and half-nude sexy movies. You need something extra exotic, extra passion for lust, <laughs> feel your inner uh, hardness. <laughs> According to Adult DVD Empire's chart, these 20 are the top-selling porn films of all time. Flashpoint, 1997. Uh, this is the highest rating in selling porn movies uh, of all time. This adult film, Flashpoint, they worded that funny. Wicked picture uh, from Wicked Pictures. This premiere in '97 became one of the popular f- uh, porn movies, which won so many hearts. Until now, people are searching for it. The story is starting with the well-known porn star Jenna Jameson, who portrayed the role of a horny firefighter. This American porn movie gained lots of ratings just because of its plot and erotic scenes. Here you will notice seven hot and horny sex scenes throughout the movie. Flashpoint received the AVN Awards for the best overall marketing campaign. <sighs> Number two, Pirates, which is obviously a uh, spoof on uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. So they just they went with an easy name there, just just Pirates. Um, Jesse Jane was in it. Carmen Luvana, Janine. She was the one that was married to uh, Jesse James, the guy that uh, did the uh, work on the choppers. And uh, he was involved with Sandra Bullock for a little while. And she was on the uh, cover of Blink-182, at least one of their albums. Uh, Tegan Presley, Devin, Austin Moore, and Genevieve Jolly. They were big names at the time. Big names. Fun fact, Devin, I had... uh, (laughs) fake vagina verse <laughs> anyway which holy shit like yeah it's like a lot of them at this time actually uh were, were the bigger ones this uh pirates is an american action adventure uh, action adventurous and phono phonographic movie phonographic i think they meant pornographic yeah whoever wrote this article sucks they did not uh Spell check this or anything. Uh, movie aired in 2005. This high watch film was made, produced, and directed by June under the production house of Digital Playground and Adam and Eve. The plot is based in 1763 when the captain Edward Reynolds uh, used to be a, a pirate's hunter. Most of the incidents took place in the ocean of the Caribbean Sea. Pirates is the most talked about adult movie of the year by Rog Reviews. Man, just like spelling errors and stuff. All just rife in here. Um, Island Fever 3 is number three here. What's another one with Jesse, Jane, Tara Patrick, and Devin. Um, Tara Patrick at that time was huge. Island Island Fever, well-known pornography series, which I think I've seen at least a few scenes from this. (laughs) Fun fact. Series directed and produced by June and Digital Playground. It's one of the exclusive and big-budget films shot on different islands. Island Fever has four seasons. The first one aired in 2001. The the popular one, the Island Fever 3, the course, 
the third in the series, premiered in 2004, and it shot on Bora Bora and Tahiti, film starring the famous porn stars Devin, Jesse Jane, Tara Patrick, and Evan Stone. The This porn movie won lots of awards just because of sequences. And then number four is Dream Quest with Gem- Jenna Jameson, and I, I feel like I don't need to read <laughs> much into this. these other ones. Oh, I remember these. There's Virtual Sex with Jenna's number five. Which there was a whole lot of series of those. I had one of those. I don't remember who it was that I had, but it's just like you could, it was a DVD and you could just choose which position that you went in. It was just to look like you had, uh, you were getting fucked and in whatever position. Uh, the Fashionistas? I'm not unfamiliar with this at uh, number six. Uh, it's a fetish porn movie, which I'm surprised that would crack the uh the list like that then there's number 7 the ancient secrets of the kama sutra um which that porn star looks familiar i'm not sure who that is kama sutra is the secret of sex and its pleasure so he's based on the plot where you will see a couple of julie and steve who are not able to satisfy each other discover the place of kama sutra in ancient india during the movie ancient secrets of the kama sutra vivid you can see various types of erotic poses and pleasures having sex that made it one of the popular porn movies of that time period. And yeah, I, I don't know who the hell that is. There's a uh, all the uh, text <laughs> on the picture are very hard to read. There, it's very tiny. Uh, the New Devil and Miss Jones in 2005's number eight. Space Nuts number nine. Is that a take on Spaceballs? <laughs> Uh, which I guess, yeah, it's a comedy porn, which there's a lot of that. Um, doesn't really get into, I guess it's Flesh Hunters, number 10. There's Jenna Hayes. She was big. Aurora Snow was really big at that time. Uh, yeah, most of these are just not babysitters at 11. Most of these are not big. I'm looking for like a big, another big spoof. I guess the Pirates movies seem to be. Pirates 2 is at number 13. It was pretty much... Oh, Sasha Gray. They added Sasha Gray for that one. Jesse Jane's still in. Stoya. Is it Stoya? Um, <laughs> most of these are just so fucking bad. Most of these... I mean, there's... I'm saddened. Devin stripped. Like, where's... Where's, like, the curse? Eternal. That, see, now, there's one that seems like Eternal Curse. It looks... Like, there's some story in here. Yeah. The, the, I would say that list looked pretty disappointing to me. And they didn't have Wishbone on there, which was a porn <laughs> that had fucking... <laughs> uh, I got my window open, too, I should note, as I'm, like, searching this stuff and scrolling down. And, you know, you can see... The, you, know, you might be able to see from the street if you just happen to look up these fucking weird... Porn that <laughs> I'm scrolling. Uh, these porn titles. I don't know. I'm sure you could probably see my computer screen from the street if you look up just at the right spot with the window. I left the window open for the cat. Well, the window's not open, but the blinds are up. So, my neighbors, you know, they may have seen some things. There, there might, there, yeah, this could get awkward. <laughs> I think I'm good here. This is a good place to just end it.
is uh, I feel like I could just go on and on today. I'm just uh, I'm digressing through many holes, as it were, going through porn titles, <laughs> and I'm reminiscing in my head uh, because that was that was uh, prime baiting time. That was it, it, the early two thousands, and you know, when I was a young adult, when uh, there could have been a, a Hunger Games novel written about me. There was, there was a lot of trips to the porn sto- shop, and uh, even the early days of buying porn online and getting it shipped to my place, you know, that was uh, those were the titles I was that were around when I was doing that, which makes sense. That those would be the top grossing porn movies, because that was at the height of porn on like DVD, and as soon as you could like uh, order that stuff online, I think that really created a boom in sales. Not have to track down a porn shop, and you know, gets get a movie in a brown bag, and back then you'd have to pay like sixty dollars or something ridiculous for like a VHS, and uh, when it, when it came online you didn't have to pay that much. Going to a porn shop, you, you would. I'm not sure why that is. Probably some kind of restrictions, some kind of taxation. Not sure, but uh, that that's the way it was. Anyway, <laughs> and then streaming porn just killed all of the revenue on uh, porn movies like that. There was like no need <laughs> to create those things unless you're gonna. And you know now it's just like just create a porno scene that's like a, you and do low budget. You don't need to create this big budget porn thing. It's a porn. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, as uh. That that's all I've got. So as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can.